0: Goes by the pseudonym Bo Nerdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence.
1: He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York.
0: The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush,
2: Rush. rush.
0: Now here's Bo Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Welcome, my friends. Here we are. It is Wednesday. It's our Wednesday edition of Boston Early's Rush Hour. I'll tell you what, before I give the telephone numbers, let me add a little something special. You use those phone numbers right now, and you, yes you, might find yourself sitting at the Beacon Theater this weekend on Saturday the 15th to watch Smokey Robinson. We spoke with Smokey yesterday. We had a great interview with him. And we played a little bit yesterday. We're going to hold the rest of the interview till either Friday or for the Saturday morning Radio Extravaganza here. It's a great interview. It's great talk with him. But if you'd like to go see Smokey Robinson at the Beacon Theater in Manhattan, all you have to do is pick up your telephone right now, right this moment, this second, this minute and call 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. If you are the seventh caller and you pick up the phones right now, you might find yourself with a pair of tickets to go see Smokey Robinson live this weekend at the Beacon Theater. Woo! Meanwhile, my friends, a lot of news continues to be a broken and when I mean broken I mean broken things are broken uh, <clears throat> there are many serious issues to today there are also issues in fantasy land I have a story in the in in the I started to say a story in the stack but that reminds me of that phrase there's a story that I have today of news at the rodent kingdom prices have gone up again at the rodent kingdom so if you want to take your children or your boyfriend or girlfriend or friend or non-friend, whatever the case may be, for a day over at the Rodent Kingdom, that's going to cost you almost 200 and some odd bucks. I think it's 200. I'm looking for the story as we speak, as I speak. $200 in change for a day. And that's before you get in, that's before the concessions, that's before all the, you know, extra money that you have to spend once you visit the kingdom. Disney, yeah. There is also, of course, mail, a lot of, a lot of news stories, one of them a Daily Mail story, the others from other sources about the immigration Battles that we all continue to face. Mayor Adams, this was an American Wire news story, is warning everybody that every community in New York City, every community is going to see asylum seekers show up in the neighborhood. Yeah. There was a story yesterday that we talked with very briefly about the number of children that are showing up at new york city schools and in some cases the schools are feeling a bit overwhelmed all i can say is and i understand the feelings how do we how do we cope with all of this i understand how do you cope well imagine what border towns in the united states have been going through and by the way why weren't these same news stories around when the midnight flights were occurring From that story, Disneyland hikes ticket prices again as costs soar by up to $244 per day. Disneyland tickets' prices continue their year-to-year increase. They rose by an average of 8% this past Tuesday. One-day tickets now, you can start at $104 to $179 depending on the day. With the one-day 65 Park Hopper ticket add-on, making the most expensive Disney ticket you can buy for a day, $244. The new price tag for tickets complements a falling Walt Disney Company stock. Now, Disney stock, interestingly enough, has fallen by some 46% since uh, last year. 46% why do you suppose Disney stock is going down so much I wonder I wonder I wonder so now with the stock prices oh, don't worry they're making money they're making a ton of money Disney made a whopping 7.4 billion dollars from his parks for the most recent quarter of 2022 That's up 70% from a year earlier when it was, of course, recovering from COVID numbers. But the stock, hmm, the stock has just gone down. And I wonder what could have ever, ever caused that. Another story from Fantasyland involves DC Comics. The son of kal now, Kal El is Superman, the son of Jor El, and I forgot his mommy's name, but I remember Jor El from you know the movies and from the days when I used to read comic books. So, old Superman Clark Kent was was uh, was uh, Kal El, son of Jor El, and DC Comics had a new comic book series It was announced back in uh, 2021, and that would be Superman, Son of Kal-El. And this comic book series was built on the character of Jonathan Kent, John Kent, good old John, who was the son of Clark Kent and Lois Lane. DC Comics lasted. uh, I I mean, uh, 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 issued that new comic book series, July of 2021. The teenage Superman, New Superman, the son of Kal-el, the son of Lois and Clark, was to be 17. He embraced various social issues. He was a climate change fighter, the good old son of of Superman, the new Superman. And in the fifth issue, he began a relationship with a male friend, a hacktivist named Jay Nakamura. And the fifth edition showed the two men kissing, the two boys, teenagers, boys, kissing and going on and on. They... You know, the son of Superman turned out to come out of the closet and proclaim himself not only to be a good old climate change activist, but why he was gay. Gay Superman. Well, a strange thing happened. Now the comic book is going to The comic book series is going to, sadly, my friends, come to an end. The 18th issue, due to be released in December, will be the last. It seems that you people just haven't been buying. And I do mean you haven't been buying the climate activist gay Superman thing. Poor sales have plagued. It's just been dropping like a rock from the time they issued their first comic book. And it's to the point now that they're saying, you know what? Your kryptonite apparently is upon you, son of Kalow, and we're going to stop this business altogether while we... The red ink is just too much. I wonder why... Why aren't people buying this? This is, I mean, this is a socially conscious comic book. It takes the iconic figure of Superman and embraces some of the most popular ideas that are said to be in the world right now. Climate change, climate activism, and... LGBTQ, and yet people, even the young ones, aren't buying it. That's got to be disappointing, just as disappointing as Disney stock going down for no reason. Even though the ticket sales go up. I just cannot figure it out. I just don't know what is wrong here. Something seems to be a kilter. The Bronx man, ladies and gentlemen, turning from fantasy into reality, sadly, who went on an axe-wielding rampage at a Manhattan McDonald's. Oh, imagine this. He's been busted again. How awful. They just won't let him alone. He's been busted again this time. He allegedly spray-painted graffiti and then stole a very pricey bike in his effort to flee police officers. He snatched a bicycle in front of a coffee shop, tried to ride off before police detained him. It was a, a, a very valuable bike, $3,500, which was the bike was damaged. And he's also been charged with graffiti, grand larceny, two counts of criminal mischief, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this was the guy that went on the rampage with an axe. An axe. Swinging it through a Manhattan McDonald's. This was less than six weeks ago. Of course he's out on the street. Why would you think? Why would you think that he would be in jail? In fact... Many of you who are forced to ride the subways will be glad to know that the uh, police commissioner, Key Chant Swell, Swell, she visited the subway. She wanted to show you, ladies and gentlemen, that the subways are safe. If she, the police commissioner, can go into the bowels of the subway system, There's no reason that you shouldn't go into the bowels of New York's subway system either. So our police commissioner, brave police commissioner, decided to take on the subways. She went down there, and she visited, and she came out unscathed. Yes, she did. Our police commissioner bravely ventured down into the underground. She hung out with the riffraff, with the people there, the peasants of New York, to demonstrate to them, don't worry, all this talk you hear about murder and mayhem and robberies and, 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 and little girls running around in green leotards stomping and beating and robbing people, Don't get nervous. Here I am, the police commissioner. I'm here with you in the subways, in the bowels of the beast, in the subways. And so she visited, and then she left. And she was at the 59th Street, Columbus Circle Station. And about an hour after she left, a subway rider at that very same station, was threatened with a knife, and was pepper sprayed by a criminal, an alleged criminal. So you see, the police commissioner did bring back, at least temporarily, a sense of safeness in the subways, so safe that people ventured to go down there and after after she left, and of course, sadly... The criminals were right there to greet them. This is the rush hour with those
0: nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
3: Chaka Con, Chaka Con, Shaka Con, let me rock it, me rock, shaka con. Let me rock it, is all I wanna do. Shaka con let me rock it, me rock, shaka con. Let me rock it, never feel for you. Chaka con what you do, what you wanna do? do you feel for me the way I feel for you? Chaka con that tell you what I wanna do. I wanna love you, wanna hug you on squeeze. In my arm. you more a want to rock chaka, baby. you, baby. Rock, rock,
2: rock you, baby. James Golden, a.k.a. Boznerly here with you on WABC Talk Radio 77. A very, very happy birthday to Teresa Felix out in Columbus, Ohio. Regular listener here just and then in- oh what the hell a birthday Saturday so happy birthday in advance hey Jen oh Jen is dancing a groove go ahead girl
1: It's been a somber week here, so we need a little music, you know? We need fun.
2: Good. I mean, I'm glad I can provide some of that. You're absolutely right. And speaking of fun, without her fanfare, which we will have, her official theme, Princess Di is with us, and I'm so glad you're here. Princess, thank you for uh, thank giving you some, some you extra you time for us today, Your to... Highness. Yeah. I need to... I, I want to talk with you, Princess, about old Herschel. Oh, okay. Herschel. Herschel. <laughs> now, now, Princess, Herschel <laughs> has been in the news a lot this week. Oh, Herschel's son, son came up and said, My daddy sucks. I don't like him. He's a horrible man, et cetera, et cetera. You got a lot of old girlfriends poking up their heads saying, He did this. He did that. And then, by golly, we had the major mainstream outlets taking on Herschel. I sent you a story. The evangelicals, those people, those Christians, the Christians are finding ways to forgive Herschel. (laughs) And they are dismayed and they are upset. How in the world could anybody forgive Herschel Walker? (laughs) And so I like you because you are somewhat of an expert on on (laughs) things of this nature, on following the trends and the reporting and the news media's take on the evangelicals can you please tell us princess diana how can the christians how can they forgive him
1: (laughs) i know it's so entertaining the new york times ran a piece basically telling evangelicals that they're doing evangelical christianity wrong (laughs) we all look to the new york times as evangelicals as how shall we do it right the thing that, you know, there's a few things to be said about
2: this. First
1: of all, you know, the New York Times and all the media have been.
2: I'm sorry, I can't get over this. I love this. The, evangelical, the, the New York Times has decided that evangelicals are practicing evangelical Christianity wrong, so they're going to set them straight.
1: And and the Times and other left-wing newspapers and outlets have been spending, since 2016, all of their energy calling evangelicals white, racist, Christian nationalists, Christo-fascists, Christian Taliban— Racist, racist, racist. And now all of a sudden, now evangelicals shouldn't support an African-American candidate. So it is a little bit confusing what exactly their, their beef is with evangelicals, other than the fact that they tend to vote conservative and they are supporting the Republican candidate. No surprise there. So this has basically been an October surprise. And all of us on the Republican side are over it. We're over October surprises on the left. We expect them. They do not move the needle whatsoever on the politics of the matter. And it is frustrating for the left because they were certain that this would do it. When, in fact, I don't know if you saw this story yesterday, that Uh, Walker actually raised a record $350,000 in one day after this story from all over the country because conservatives are tired of this and are supporting him. He uh, was vetted by the process. He had a messy personal life. The state of Georgia was very familiar with him. That Mm -hmm. was all vetted during the primary. And this is the guy who won. He is the guy. He is their guy, and they're supporting him. We've already talked about it. He is well-known. His life is well-known in Georgia. And this from outsiders coming in with anonymous claims by some old girlfriend. Now, it may well be true. I do not know. But the I don't know
2: either. I wouldn't so far, know.
1: Yeah. The evidence so far is, in my opinion, to have an anonymous claim upend supposedly a campaign in October tells you that this is political only, and that's what the attack is. And you remember when our side had an October surprise with the laptop from hell, you know, that whole thing, that was considered Russian propaganda. So I think the Walker campaign should do the same thing and basically call this Russian propaganda.
2: Well, you know what I just, you know, you know who I thought about, to be totally frank with you, when all this stuff started breaking? I thought about I'm Bob Dole. I thought about poor old, I'm Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. Bob Dole thinks. Bob Dole says. I thought about Bob Dole. Bob Dole wants to know, where's the outrage? Bob Dole says, where's the outrage? Because remember, do you not remember back when Bill Clinton, when we were learning everything there was to learn about Bill Clinton? He did what? He did what to poor Hillary? He slept with who? He did what with that cigar? Oh, we didn't know that till he was actually in office. Um... But no, remember Bob Dole was running around saying, where's the outrage? Where's the outrage? This man lies. This man has sex with people that are not his wife. Little did we know about Jeffrey Epstein in those days. Um, So there was this whole thing. Oh, his character, his character. Character matters. Character matters. And the left told us, do you remember what the left used to tell us, Diana? Um, as long as it doesn't interfere with his yeah. job, his couch is really none of your business.
1: It's between uh, him and his wife. Yeah, as long as to... his wife doesn't have a problem with it, you shouldn't either. That was the line. And, you know, if you saw the subtitle of the New York Times piece basically saying conservatives have learned to tolerate the behavior of those who advance their cause, you know, (laughs) basically hearkening back to sneer. And you know what that reminded me of? Speaking of Clinton, it reminded me of Nina Burley and her presidential knee pads. I would be happy to give him a. BJ, just to thank him for keeping abortion legal. So in her view, at that time, she was willing to tolerate the behavior of those who advance their cause. Now, voters have to weigh all these things, and they have to basically come to the conclusion with flawed human beings who is going to policy-wise vote the way that that supports their own uh, agenda. And it bothers the New York Times that evangelicals are weighing these things; they're picking a obviously flawed human, as all candidates are. And the Times is mad that evangelicals came down on the side of the Republican. Well, there's nothing they can do about that.
2: So I can laugh, and and you know one of the things yeah. with these look, I had to. I said yesterday I would hold my nose if I were in Alabama right now, and this Tuberville, this idiot, this this this. This first-rate clown, Senator Tuberville, if I had a chance between a choice between he and Doug Young, as much as I dislike his remarks, as much as I think he's a jerk and an idiot, I'd vote for him. Because nine times out of ten, I'm going to get what I want in terms of votes from him. And that's just oh. the calculation that you have to make sometimes. You don't have to like the person. As 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 who was it that used to say, "I'm not running for Sunday school teacher, or I'm not no, running." You're not
1: voting for a pastor. That. That's right. I that you was used, the line, but it's the truth. You're not voting for your pastor. You wouldn't want Walker necessarily to be, but to be a representative in the Senate. Now, I also think it's pretty funny that his opponent i think you said to a caller yesterday this is a binary choice and you were be voting against warnock uh, his walkers opponent right and warnock came, it was discovered basically is a slum lord and is trying to evict or you know someone who represents him is trying to evict uh, poor people from an apartment building and <laughs> i don't Diana, know if you saw this, this is
2: so egregious this is it's not just Warner Warner is the pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church the famed Ebenezer Baptist Church right where the Reverend dr. Martin Luther King preached where dr. Martin Luther King's daddy senior dr. King preached Warner claims that mantle the Ebenezer Baptist Church owns the housing and they Which are has
1: one point two million dollar cash on hand? The church, right?
2: Says. And they are evicting poor people. In some cases, these poor people own owe less than fifty bucks in, yep. in in fines and stuff, and they are trying to put them in the street. While at the same time, Senator Warnock is living there rent free because they stipend his living. I mean, they pay for his housing. He's not living there. He gets, believe right. it or
1: not, it's worse than that. $7,500 a month housing allowance, plus his salary. He could cover all of what these people owe with one month's stipend. Now, I don't know if you heard this, but yesterday, Walker offered to pay for what those people owed it so they could keep in their apartments.
2: Brilliant move. Yes. Brilliant move. Well, Diana, thank you so much for explaining this story to us. This We, we are we are just uh, now weeks away from the midterms. What is your prediction?
1: Oh, it's a red white wave. It is so wonderful that there, all of the quote-unquote close races are going to fall to the Republican Party. And I'm predicting the Senate is going to be plus two Republican. No one else is saying that. But I think it's going to be plus 30 in the House and plus two in the Senate.
2: I agree with you. I've said, I've thought to myself, the Senate, we're going to have at least, I didn't say two. I said we're going to have at least, it'll be a plus one, but you'll say two, so I'll go along with one or two. I agree with you. I think we're going to pull out the Senate, and poor old Mitch McConnell is going to be tearing mm-hmm. his hair out because he's going to have some new Trumpies in the Senate, and that's going to be fun we're going to watch, have too. MAGA.
1: Plus, did you see? Tulsi is campaigning in New Hampshire for the Republican today. I love that Tulsi Gabbard. Interesting. I so love interesting.
2: Yes. So we'll catch up with you, Princess Di, on Friday. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Anytime. Great to talk to you, Sir James.
2: Thank you much. That's Princess Di, ladies and gentlemen. She'll be back with us Friday. We are coming back. Your calls are coming up. We've got a lot more to go on Boston mm-hmm. News Rush Hour. We continue in a moment.
0: The rush hour is on the air. Attention, ditto heads. Attention, bow scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
2: Okay, who dug this out? Who do you think, Rich?
4: Rich. Save my life, yeah. Cause I was sitting there bored
0: to death, and then just one ready said. You gotta get up, you gotta get off, you
2: gotta get down, girl. Okay, Rich, you're getting down this afternoon with us.
4: you me crazy.
3: Of course I am. You know it. I played this for you. This is a lost classic. You remember this one?
2: Yeah. You know,
3: and I, I was uh, telling the young whippersnappers here in the studio. That uh, when I used to DJ, I like to say that I used to think that I used to save, I saved a few lives.
2: Well, you probably <laughs> did if you were, like, hooking it up like this.
3: I think it was, what is it, 78, 79? I don't even remember, but this goes way back.
2: And it still has a great sound to it. You did know, you hear any of the Smoky Robinson interview we did? Loved it. Love Smokey. I love Smokey, I love Smokey Robinson. He's going to be, as you know, at the Beacon Theater on Saturday. I love, great, great, great venue for Smokey. Yeah. Can't wait. So we, had, we gave away two tickets. I trust that we gave them away already. Yes. Yes, we did. Yes, we, we gave away two winner. tickets for the performance. I'm looking right forward here. to it. And we're going to have the whole Smokey Robinson interview. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Saturday when we have more time. What a great guy. Absolutely. Love love the man. Love the music. Well, thank you. Let's rock with this as we uh, bring it back here on WABC. At DJ Saved My Life.
0: I had you on my mind.
3: women
2: all around, all around this town. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden. Let's head to the telephone. Okay, let's start with Pete, folks, you're on the telephone in Staten Island. Don't want Pete to get away. Pete, how are you?
4: How are you, folks? Yeah, I attended the uh, church for Bernie and I'll tell you, it was really touching. I mean, it was a wonderful people speaking uh, Sid was wonderful. His words were so well and everyone, Bo Deedle and everybody and um, you know it's very very hard. I mean I told his wife Carol. I've woken up to him probably 80% of my life listening to him and I worked at NBC when he was with Imus. So I went through all those adventures up there. You know I witnessed them. They were fun but they were crazy you know so uh, basically Hey, rest in peace. I mean, he was so brilliant, and I love your music selections. I don't know who you have uh, picking the music. I all of it. us
2: do. This is the one thing about all of us on this show, including uh, Rich, decided the young whippersnappers. We have, we have Kevin Perez, we have Diego, and we get all of us pick the music. We all sit, we all recommend. Oh, let's play this. Oh, let's play that, and so we get a wide variety of music. Um, that comes from all of us. And it's, that's just one of the things I love about the crew that I'm working with here. Everyone's passionate about music. We all have our own favorites that we can bring to the table. And the, we want exactly that. We want all of you to love the music the same way that we love the music. So that that's who does it, the whole crew here.
4: Sensational, man, I tell you. I, I, had this, I was the sound man of Saturday Night Live after Bob Lipton passed away for like six years. And uh, the selection of music that WABC brings to the public is so great. You know, that song that that DJ, I mean, I remember that song, but I haven't heard it in probably 10 years or more, you know? So I really thank you for doing this. I really and I thank it. you
2: for telling us firsthand the experience of attending the Mass for Bernie. Bernie was one of a kind, and, and you just hear people yelling. There's a lot of sadness. You know what there also is, though, with the sadness with Bernie's passing? There's also a lot of gratitude for the laughs that he brought to people, for the intellect that he brought, for his wit, for all of it. And I got to tell you something. I just, I feel so deeply, I know what it's like to be on a team when you lose your team member that you love dearly. Believe me, I know what that feels like. And so I, I haven't talked to Sid since all of this, but, Sid, I love you, I feel for, and, and, and of course Bernie's family, but Sid, you know, Sid, when Sid spoke, we had a gala, the WABC gala soon, and I mean, Sid, there, I don't know, there's not enough words for me to tell you how much I admire and how much I love Sid. He's just a one in a million, and I know he's grief-stricken right now, but as we all are. And for Sid to lose his partner on the air is just so so grief stricken. He's going to go. He's going to carry on, and we're going to carry on here at WABC. But this is a moment that uh, we do appreciate all of you in our listening audience being with us during this time. And so, thank you so much, Pete. Deeply appreciated. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let us continue with the phones. Let's go to Manhattan and Max. Hello, Max. How are you this afternoon?
4: thank you for taking my call.
2: Um, mm-hmm.
4: I'd like to say that if it wasn't for talk radio and Trump, the country would have taken be taken over a long time ago, so I'd like to thank you for your your show, and more more specifically, I think um, you're, that you have call-ins, and I'm emphasizing this because a lot of talk show radio hosts are not taking call-ins these days, or t- taking callers, and I think we should be aware of that because they're not I think we should maybe try to pick it those ter- those stations that don't take calls. Um, as far as the music that you play, uh, request if I may, maybe play some uh, Duke Ellington and Char- Charlie Parker.
2: I would love to, and I, I you know, one of my f- uh, favorite Duke Ellington songs is "Lotus Blossom." Of course, the others, "Satin Doll," the ones that are well known, "Take the A Train," and and that. But one of the ones that I love the best, so maybe we'll get it in is "Lotus Blossom" with Duke Ellington. And it's for Charlie Parker. If we're going to play a Charlie Parker song here, it's going to be confirmation. Because that is my all-time absolute, and I mean Charlie Parker, yeah, I could go on and on and on, but confirmation? Go ahead. Yes, that's it. It is definitely that. There was a, a record guy, Juggy Gales, who used to promote records. And Juggy used to come in my office back when I was music director and that's what he would come in. He would come in singing confirmation. It was our fa- he, he, It was one of his favorites, too. Every time I hear it, just reminds me of that. Anyway, thank you, Max. We do appreciate so much. Thank you. Now, you wanted to talk about Superman briefly, didn't you?
4: It, it's all right. The other two subjects will take the place of it.
2: Okay, great. Thank you for the call. We do appreciate it. Let us go to John in Staten Island. How are you, John?
3: Hi, Bo. Uh, sorry about that. Hey, I just wanted to mention, you know how I mean uh, they they have this thing called gaslighting. Yes. The Democrats are doing a great job because they're spending, they're pouring millions of dollars into these small little city states for these elections, where Republicans don't even have enough money. That money's coming from somewhere, so it must be the rich friends. But one thing I wanted to point out when. We had twenty six trillion when Trump left. Right now it's at thirty one. So these three, four plans, which are all Green Deals but they called the different names. Biden has five trillion dollars and he's talking about the trickle down economy doesn't work. Well then I want that five trillion back into the government because that's what he's doing. He's trickling down our printed money, our tax dollars, our kids, our grandkids dollars to put where he wants he 's doing the same thing as these rich billionaires are
2: doing, it is not a trickle down that joe biden it 's an avalanche down. The Biden exactly. administration has slush fund dead, has given money in so many slush funds for their groups, for their NGOs, for their progressive groups. Mm-hmm. You, this green new deal that they have the money look the infrastructure bill that they passed with the help of thirteen Republicans was nothing but a bunch of slush fund money that will be targeted to Republicans or Democrats of their choice. You're absolutely right. But guess what? In spite of all that spending, Americans are still fed up with Democrats, still fed up with what they're doing to the country. And despite all the stuff about their making a comeback, oh, they're doing this. You heard Princess Di. She's expecting 30 seats in the House two in the Senate. Let us see if that holds true. And if it does indeed hold true, it will demonstrate that they cannot spin their way out of the, tip, the the political difficulty that they put themselves in with what they have done to this country. Thank you so much for your call, John. We're going to take a quick break. We're coming back. WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, catch it night up next right after the show. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. Check
4: it out.
0: Last night a DJ saved my life from a broken heart. Last night
2: a DJ saved my life. Last night a DJ saved my life with a song. Last... Rush.
0: It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snertley. On the Red Apple Podcast Network
1: known popularly as Bo Snerdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdly. Rush. rush, rush, rush.
2: I just want to take a moment to thank everybody at Ramsey Subaru like for joining us here at 77 WABC today as we remember the life of Bernard McGurk. Our deepest condolences to Bernie's family as we all remember Bernie McGurk. Thank you, Ramsey. Monster, we Subaru, thank you so much. James Golden, AKA Snurdy, we're gonna continue with the phones. I just wanna mention one quick story. The, you know, we talked with Heritage, we had some folks, including the president of the the Heritage Foundation on, and he said, this is not gonna be the same old Heritage. We are gonna be active, we're gonna be busy. Guess what? It's already showing itself to be true. Heritage Foundation, received an email from Homeland Security Secretary Alexandrio Mayorkas after filing a Freedom of Information request. And that email shows some of the internal deliberations that went on when Democrats and their lackeys in the mainstream media tried to say that border agents were whipping, whipping Haitian migrants. And you know what those emails showed? Those emails showed that they knew, they knew it wasn't true. Inside the agency, a report went up, an email went up the chain, hey, look, there's nothing There's no, nothing here, this isn't true. And yet, after they had the email, Mayorkas went out and joined a White House uh, press conference where he didn't even challenge this false narrative. And he went on like, okay, these agents are going to be punished. This is egregious, blah, 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 blah. They knew this was a fake story. And now thanks to Heritage, the Heritage Foundation, via a Freedom of Information Act, we know that they were just playing politics. And they were playing politics trying to damage the the life and the reputation of these border agents that work, these border patrol agents that work so hard on our behalf. It is disgraceful. And Mayorkas ought to be held to account for this and his lack of doing anything serious at the border. So, yep, yep, it's happening. There's another story I found interesting, not from, this is not one of these earth-shattering stories, but it points to something that I think bothers most of us, and that is... There are scams everywhere, everywhere you turn around. You pick up your phone these days. If you don't know the number now, most people don't even want to pick up the phone because there's someone trying to scam you. Hi, I'm calling from Amazon. You purchased this or that, and you need to call this number, or I'm from the IRS, or I'm from the blah, blah, blah. I've got a warrant, and you need to clear up this. It's all scamming, and these, scamming, these scams happen every day. Well, it's not just your telephone scams. A Long Island boutique owner was nabbed with more than $40 million in fake designer goods. Lindsay Castelli, 31, Smithtown. She had fake Gucci, Chanel, Prada, Dior, Ugg, Louis Vuitton knockoffs. And they had, this woman, they discovered detectives, Nassau County detectives, recovered 22 printing presses at the store used to create thousands of synthetic heat seal counterfeit labels, which then, allegedly, she would attach to the cheap clothing that she had and then jack their prices way up. A simple $10 sweatshirt, put a Chanel brand on it, it sells for $5,300. She'd take like a $3 hat, heat seal a ring onto it, sell it for $300. Well, it was a year-long investigation And I don't know how much time she would get if she's found guilty. But I tell you, it is getting to the point, every time you turn around, there's some new scam. And to me, these scams point to a serious deterioration in our society because you have to question almost everything. Is anybody capable of honesty these days? Of just being honest? So, let us go back to the telephones, Rob, in New Jersey you're on Boston and Rush Hour. How are you, Rob? How
5: are you, how are you doing?
2: Good, thank you.
5: I, I, I called in to talk to you about uh, Bernie uh, and to let you know that I was there yesterday at the, at the Mass in Long Beach.
2: And what are your thoughts about it?
5: It was an enormously moving moment. To be there I, I can assure you um you know um rudy giuliani was there There were many people it was a very respectful and um you know the uh the priest had words just amazing i i I'm, i always i'm wishing there was a transcript to it i would love to have him hear it again some of the things that were said and you know I, I wrote something here that i attended the funeral mass for bernard mcg Magus- in Long Beach, to say that it was a moving memorable moment for me just begins to peel back what I came away from those moments with. Humbled by the loss of what was certainly an honorable man's life, the family, friends, and countless souls within his sphere, the words of the Catholic priest, his daughter Melanie, same as my, by the way, my my, my only sibling sister, whose name is Melanie as well, and others who spoke afterwards. And then afterwards, we exited the church doors almost blinded by the brightness of the beautiful, bright, sunny light on that on that uh, Long Beach day. Just such a, a very, very moving event. And um, it, to be there was really, I'll tell you, it was something, it was really something else. Yeah. I, I'll remember it for the rest of my life.
2: Rob, thank you. We so appreciate hearing from you. Thank you for going, and thank you for sharing. We do appreciate it. Carolina in New Jersey, thank you for holding. You're on WABC's Post Nerd. Please rush Hour. Hi. Hello, Carolina. Well, we tried. Let us go to Derek in Kentucky. Hello, Derek. How are you? Hi, James. Good afternoon. Um, First
0: of all, condolences from over here in Kentucky to the whole family. I can't imagine what it's like to lose a team member like that, but, uh, but for Bernie. Um the last time I called I complimented your audio crew and hey they're amazing but I can realize I never complimented you and I did want to kind of keep with the theme that we've been hearing today that uh James I love the music I especially like the background stories that you bring to it from having grown up with so many musicians uh I I love your viewpoints your willingness to address all sides of them I love the guests and James I love you I cannot express how much wow, Jerry. What, thank you what, what you have, what you've done since rush since we lost rush it's just it's – it's been so important to me, and I know it's important to millions. Um, the, the point I want to get to is I'm concerned about the possibility of a progressive globalist third party emerging. Uh, I think the Democrat pill is being, by design, made too bitter to swallow. We have evidence every day that Democrats are sick of what their party's become under the current leadership. President Biden, Vice President Harris, Majority Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi. How many Democrats are looking themselves in the mirror every day and saying, hey, I'm proud of this? You get this um, – I, I think the globalists, they've had the left in the palms of their hands for a long time. Right now, I think they're wrecking it intentionally so that they can move to the middle. That's a guess, but that's kind of how I feel what's going on. I think we're already seeing litmus tests, this Oregon gubernatorial candidate, Betsy Johnson. I think she's a litmus test to see if she can pull enough moderate Republicans and dissatisfied Democrats uh, to form a viable third-party option. Uh Tulsi Gabbard. When that happened yesterday, uh, you, you asked Mark Stein, "What's this all about?" I, I know you like her. I, I kind of like her too. Uh, but when, when that happened, it was like a bolt of lightning. I felt like the second plane had just hit the World Trade Center. It's th- this can't be an accident. This can't be. This this has to be by design. Rush always said there's no such thing as coincidence with these people. Just like Betty Johnson, I think Tulsi's a litmus test to see how much impact she can have on the right. If you had asked me two years ago, who do the Democrats have that can pull votes from the never-Trumpers or from the left-leaning GOP? If you asked me a year ago or two months ago, it's Tulsi Gabbard. If I'm right, if there is a globalist push to take the middle, with Betty Johnson in Oregon, I think you've got someone the media is going to brand as a moderate-moderate.
2: But here's the thing. Tulsi, 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 I don't know how you say that Tulsi could be a globalist. She is, you know, which I find puzzling. Tulsi, on one hand, is as conservative as any of us are on uh, on some issues. Her big issue, as Mark pointed out yesterday, is with the 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 spread of these endless wars which she wants to see stopped i, I you're, you're raising an interesting theory. I will tell you that. I just don't know whether I would include Tulsi Gabbard at all with the globalist crowd. How do you arrive at that how do you arrive at that part of it?
0: anybody will say
2: anything in front of the camera I, I, I don't okay. know the narrative Derek is. let's pick this up another day I looked at the clock my time's up in a way my time's up for today only for today thank you Derek and thank you everybody we'll be back tomorrow remember John Catch up next Catch at night up next back tomorrow here for Bo's Nerdy Rush Hour our Thursday edition may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families and we'll see you here tomorrow
0: Bye.
3: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime.